Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Kep Crab. I have not the strength to praise you near enough. I have nothing. I am nothing without you. Welcome, everybody, to the weekly podcast brought to you by Larger Story called Relational Spirituality. Where you belong, you become, and you can be known. We're doing something a little different today as we introduce a book that we're going to be covering for the next few months for these podcasts. The book is called Real Church. Subtitle is Does It Exist and Can I Find It? (laughs) So we're going to have what we call kind of a larger story church time today. Mm -hmm. As I think what we're going to do, we're going to do some singing, some talking, some worshiping. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God All my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every prayer that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God Yes, I will sing of God. A couple of quick things before we get started here. My dad wrote this book in 2009, actually 2008 is when he wrote this book, and um, and Duncan can remember this, but he was right in the middle of writing the book 66 Love Letters, which I believe is really his kind of magnus opum uh, in, in respect to uh, what he what he has written. So this book, he had to take a break from writing 66 Love Letters. And uh, just to kind of clear his mind a little bit. And, and one of the things that he says in the book is he wrote this book out of some of his frustration or disappointment that he's had with church. Mm-hmm. And he used to say, he said this to me all the time, I'd love to give up on church, mm-hmm. but, I, but I can't mm-hmm. because Jesus never did. Yeah. And, um, and so the book starts really with a question is, he says, why don't I like to go to church? And I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a lot of people out there who are disillusioned. Well, I'm joined today. By two of my really closest friends. I've got James Shelley here, Duncan Sprague here with me, and um, I really wanted to talk to these two guys specifically about Real Church, what we're going to be talking about for the next few months in our podcast here, because they're in a little bit of a different place now when it comes to where they are in respect to church. Um, Duncan and I have had many, many conversations <laughs> about our disillusion with church yeah. and the, the disappointment that we've had at, at, at sometimes with church. 
Um, and I think James and I have had some of that as well, but James has been involved in his church, his local church now for a decade plus, where it's just been really feeding you yes. and blessing you in a way that is producing major fruit. And so to get the contrast between these two brothers, as we talk about real church today a little bit, as we introduce this book to you guys for this podcast series that's going to be happening in the second quarter of this 2023 year. So I'd like to introduce Dunk on this side. Dunk's been a pastor. James is a music leader. We did some music for you a little bit earlier. You get a chance to see some of that. But um, guys, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, good to be here. Great to be with you. Yeah, sure. So you guys have both read the book. And I know you've just read it recently, and I've gone through it again recently. What are some of the things that stand out to you in respect to this book? James, why don't you start as you've just recently read this thing, and you're just now getting into kind of reading Larry Crabb yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a good journey so far. I mean, um, I can see that where Larry was when he wrote the book, um, and we're already uh, a decade uh, plus, you know, past when he wrote it, and then quite honestly, it, today's social media and the things that are going on in this world uh, that I don't know that it's actually got better the church front. <laughs> uh, in some some ways, a lot of things have just kind of spiraled off and done different things over the last, mm -hmm. you know, 10, uh, 10 years with, uh, you know, the social media thing. So it's, it's a, it's a book that is relevant right now. And the situation is because I'm sure there's, there's tons of people who are saying the same thing. Is there, is there anything real? The things we see on social media, the things that are broadcast to us that we believe and we isolate with those things. Mm -hmm. And then we go, is this, is, is church even real? So mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's funny because you think about church and has there ever been a golden age mm -hmm. of the church? Mm -hmm. It really hasn't. No. Uh, you know, I listened to uh, my dad talking at one time and he was talking about his mother-in-law, my grandmother, my mother's mother. And um, she was incredible. Great woman. Uh, who my dad really enjoyed. Some mother-in-laws, I guess, are less than that, but but he, he enjoyed her. She was a good good woman. And he said to her uh, later on in her life, um, and she was a very simple woman, but a, but, a, but a good thinker. And he said to her um, mother, is what we called her, we called her grandmother, um, but, you know, has there ever been a time where the church has been thriving or doing better? And she said very kind of matter-of-factly, plainly, no, it's always been very hard. <laughs> this was just a very simple woman. And, mm. and I think that's what's happening. And to your point, James, I think it's getting harder. Mm -hmm. I mean, churches now, Dunk, you and I talked about this. Mm. They're, um, they're, they're getting smaller. Yeah. And, and church is really changing now in yeah. some ways. With COVID, we had nobody going to church for a short time. Yeah. And then when they started to come back, you saw that you didn't have the same crowd that left. Wasn't the same crowd that came back. Right. Um, I think the statistics, and I, I could be wrong on this, but are still about 60 to 70% of the population of the church came back. Um, some churches are kind of breaking that trend and they've actually grew through COVID. And I wonder why that is. Huh. What yeah. made some churches grow in the middle of all that and others kind of get sifted and weeded out? I think what Larry is saying is even more... Um, more relevant today, because if if COVID was anything, it was about the church. Uh, we see a global event going on, and I'm sure that the headlines of heaven looked really different than what we were seeing, <laughs> whether we wear masks or get immunized. or Those were our headlines, but I think heaven was saying, watch what's happening. Watch what's happening, because yeah. the church 
is come is going to come alive. I think that's what Larry really was after was what what is the kind of church that I want to go to? And there, so there was a a sifting through COVID that those who really wanted and felt a need and grew in a hunger and a thirst for for Jesus actually hungered for community. And I think that becomes some of the theme of what real church is. It's not defined by an individual, but by a community of believers coming back. That was the question that Larry asked in this book. What makes a gathering of Christians a church? Yeah, yeah. And what makes it not a church, where That's it's just right. an activism yeah. wing of some sort or whatever you're you know, for? I mean, and, you know, if yeah. you're all just about missional experience, that's great, but that's not necessarily the that's church. Right. That's right. And um, he, he really unpacks some things in this book. And it, it, what, what kind of stood out to me as I was reviewing this a little bit today is how the church seems to have been, I mean, and James probably can't see this as much because the church he's involved in is so incredible mm. and it's just, there, it's just alive in so many neat ways, but it seems like there's so many places where the church just seems dead. With with you and me, Dunk, we've now been in church together for the last year and a half, or what, we've been in church together for the last twenty some years. But yeah. but we're we're again now part of a small group. Yeah. Well, that's what Kimmy and I are calling our church. Yeah. That's kind of what we call church. And yeah. um, James said to me last week when he and I were were chatting, he was over here. He said, "Well, don't give up gathering together." Yeah. And I thought, well. Are we still gathering together when yeah. we meet on yeah. Sundays? Yeah, we are. And I think we yeah. are. And I mean, we've had some times where even though we, we've got people from Florida and we've got people from New York and mm-hmm. we're all over the country here, but we've had some really incredible moments yeah. that have been just spirit-filled yeah. that I think have been nurturing to my soul. Yeah. Well, the difference is church has become a dialogue <laughs> instead of a monologue, instead of the show that happens up front with us as an audience. And that's Larry's question here is, is church with you attending church, are you an audience or are you a community? Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that's happened is we've got a, a community. And this is the piece where I think we have to define what church is. I, years ago, I remember Larry saying that the church is God's manifest presence here on earth. It's Christ's body alive in, this com- in our world. And so we read, um, where two or three gather in his name, there I will be, the manifest presence of Jesus, present in this world, where two or three yeah, yeah. gather together yeah. in his name. So in some sense, what makes church church? Well, I think church is this. It's a dialogue rather than a monologue, but it's a community that's trying to push each other towards deeper and deeper formation into the image of God. Yes. Gosh. And, and you know, one of the things that the dad talks about in the book is looking bad in the presence of love. Yeah. Which is really kind of a, a slogan that all churches yeah. should have. Yeah. Because you come and you open yourself up and you're, 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 you're being vulnerable in certain ways or authentic or whatever, open in a way that exposes things that are ugly in all of us. That's right. But yet God says, come on in. Yeah. You're welcome. Father of kindness, you have out of grace you brought me out of darkness you have filled me with peace give the mercy of my help in time Lord I can't help but see faithful you are 
and all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. I've been to James's church uh, out east here in, in Colorado several times and uh, had a chance to play in the worship team a few times. And it's just been such a blessing every time. Tell us a little about your church, bro. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> it's out on the eastern eastern plains, a little town of Strasburg. And uh, our people started in a basement. It was a basement. Two to three people mm-hmm. started as a gathering of two or three, and it grew. And, and God grew that through these past years into what it is now. And we're just really relying on what he's what he's doing with us. Um, I feel like our church, where where um, we are kind of separating from the pack a little bit is, is the authentic community. And when I said earlier about the uh, don't forsake, I remember when we opened back up coming out of COVID and the the first service where we could have more than 50 people, mm-hmm. uh, the, the worship service that we had was so electric mm-hmm. because people were longing, craving Mm -hmm. that community of being able to rub up against their neighbor and -hmm. and do that thing because we were isolated so long. And we've talked about how, how, uh, the, the Satan uses everything to isolate us. And, and Mm -hmm. they, he tried really big with this COVID thing to isolate everybody. And that's why our, our, our staff at our church was saying, this is a spiritual thing. Yeah. It's a, they're using a, you know, uh, uh, pandemic, but it's a spiritual battle that we're going through. Our, our mandate, our church is, you know, uh, fostering relationships by pointing people to Jesus Mm -hmm. up in and out, up our up relationship with God, Mm. our in relationship with people weekly and our out relationships, you know, people on the outside and monthly things Mm -hmm. like that. And it's just part of that thing of being, being community and being relational, being relational with each other. And what here for me lately, it's been, uh, how can I increase my desire or leaning on the Holy Spirit to increase my desire? Like, Mm -hmm. like Larry talks about a lot is it's fostering this, they're gaining this desire through the asking the Holy Spirit to feed this desire Mm -hmm. to be closer so that the things, Mm -hmm. all, all the other things, the blessings become secondary yeah. and we talked about first yeah. things and second things you know and that's kind of where i've at to been the last two years is is i'm finding in that groove where i'm relying on god to create a desire yeah. to to uh to desire him more yeah. and him only daily momentarily uh finding that desire mm. so that's kind of where that the where the church is larry said in the book I just want them to know I'm a mess and I come in as a mess and we're all a mess together. Mm-hmm. That heart posture so that we turn it over, we turn over Lordship to the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit and God, and then we move out of his way so that he can work in us. And I think that's happening in our church at the mm-hmm. moment where the guys are starting to to take responsibility and where we're at. And it's yeah. just, it's a, it's a wonderful movement that's really going on right now. Yeah. So. That's a great question. What is the role of the church? Right now. Mm. And I mean, I mean, you know, what's going on? Because I think most of us can agree that we're seeing a really slippery slope mm. in respect to where things are going. At least in the West. Certainly in yeah. the West. Now, yeah. now, you're obviously more familiar with the globe in respect yeah. to how that works. And I know 
that the the power of the Holy Spirit is on fire yeah. in other areas of the world. Yeah. And that's not to say that he's not moving in the in the in the United States, but yeah. boy, it just seems that things have gotten so backwards and mm-hmm. upside down. And the only way that I've been able to even make sense of any of this is that it's it's a spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way that you can make any yeah. sense of what's happening. How can you make sense of this? You can't. Yeah. Unless you say that we're being attacked by Satan and the Holy Spirit is on the move. One of the things that, that Dad talks about in the book is he talks about revival. Mm-hmm. And what does that look like? Um, and at this point now, one of the things that, that I've been really focused on, and you and I've chatted about this, James, quite a bit, is what does it mean to prepare for the second coming? Yeah. Because the end times have almost been in place since since Jesus went, went mm-hmm. up in, in, in the Mount of Transfiguration. Yeah. And, and that's the beginning of the end times. Yeah. But now they're coming to a culmination that seems, just in my own spirit, mm-hmm. um, something really happening that I, I'm just, yeah. I'm taking my, my salvation so seriously. And how can I influence yeah. people that I know and love and want them to know that, 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 that heaven is real yeah. and it's going to happen someday? Well, I think the, the, passage we've been referring to is that Hebrews 10, where it says, don't, don't forsake gathering together and all the more as you see the day approaching. And it's that, it's that, what is the day? What's what we're referring to the day of the Lord. And we think of it as, yay, yay, yay. But the reality is if we're living here, it's whoa, 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 because it means everything that is not love gets destroyed. Everything that is that heaven will look on is just foolishness that has gone awry. That all gets burnt up. And we call God a consuming fire. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we oftentimes look at fire as, um, is it good? Is it bad? Well, what's it created for? Well, it's good because it provides light. It refines, but it also destroys. <laughs> uh, and we have to get it our grips on is good news bad news Mm -hmm. when the fire comes because you sit there and go okay i'm ready because there's a fire inside that can't be quenched even though everything around is being destroyed i think we're right in saying um we need to pay attention but i think we've been in the last days ever since jesus left (laughs) and he says in the last days i'm going to send my spirit i'm going to pour it out so i don't know if it's two thousand more years, or if we're if we're two thousand more days, right? So I, all he says is live as if the day is today, and that's my right. point on the yeah. whole thing is having that on the forefront of your mind. Yeah, it really does change how you how you live. Yeah, I mean if you know if 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 you knew that you were going to die today or tomorrow. Would you pick a fight with your wife? Probably not. Probably wouldn't watch much TV because you're not interested in the sports team. You want to make sure you get your kids to. I mean, there's things that would be reprioritized. Yeah. That, that, that are important. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that way all the time, yeah. and really, Dad did. Yeah. He talks about heaven in this book so much. Yeah. And um, and he talks about sin in this book and Satan in this book. And I think that the, 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 the trick of the devil has been to make himself look like a cartoon character mm. and not be taken seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, that's just a, you know, the devil made me do it. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I remember one time years ago when Jake, my son, was born. He was a few months old and we were having a, a dedication service for him at, at my folks' house. And my dad's prayer was, there is someone out there who wants to destroy this yeah. baby. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I'm yeah. I'm, you know, getting crazy here and I'm thinking, wow, he really does. And you can see what he's trying to do to the church now. That's right. In respect to where some of these things are going. What do you yeah. guys have to say about that? Well it's it's the hope for me 
it's the whole parable that Jesus told about the ten virgins and mm. the ones that didn't have their lamps but the oil than those that did. I think in he he made it so simple in some ways that we I think sometimes we overlook, uh, we we overanalyze when when some of the things that Jesus told us were so simple, you know, to do to be the you know be ready when when the bridegroom comes back be mm -hmm. ready yes because like and I like what Duncan said earlier it it's not going to be this oh happy day this thing because we're going to in a moment's notice we're going to be looking around and and a lot of things that that we thought were going to be around the people mm -hmm. who say who called me Lord I'm going to look at you and go yeah, I never I knew never you. knew you yeah. and you're gonna we're going to be in shock <laughs> that, that brings the hair up on my neck I know it's going to be one of those things <laughs> yeah. where and in in this day and age I don't think you can. The the days of fire and brimstone teaching in the church, mm -hmm. uh, you don't see a lot of pastors. Our pastor doesn't really do it. Our our yeah. pastor is he does a lot of relational things, um, and and talks a lot about relationship and and not only just be, between each other, but between us. Our up relationship yeah. is where it starts. We yeah. always have this mantra says you over me, but we realize that that we can't do it correctly if if it's not you over me. Yeah. I got to be first there so that then I can go yeah. it's you over me. Yeah. And that's where I get it gets lost here in this in this this world this this time what we're in now and uh it's it's amazing out there where, where what's happening out there is we have a lot of young couples. I'm I'm blown away every every Sunday I go out in the lobby and just walk through, you know, just to go grab a donut mm -hmm. or something and to see a couple of my my close people that I talk to a lot and there's tons of faces that I don't know and I always say mm -hmm. Man, what would it be like if if everybody showed up at one time? We wouldn't have. We literally would have no room. I've seen our I've seen our staff yeah. talk about um, going from not really saying spreading the gospel or sharing the gospel mm -hmm. weekly to almost every yeah. week it ends up being yeah. a gospel call yeah. to 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 come to Christ today, yeah. which is a is a good movement. I think. Yeah, because the gospel yeah, invited yeah. church. The gospel's not just good news to get me saved; <laughs> it's good news to keep me sanctified and moving in Jesus. Yes. Oh, yes. We forget that. It's not a one and done. I, I love, Larry used to say this all the time. He would say, God didn't save me just to get me into heaven. He saved me to get more of heaven into me. Yes. And what I love about the way you talk about your church, James, is it, you're using relational terms everywhere. And that's, I think, with all the missions work that I've done, I don't like the word missional, partly because Larry has um, put a taste to that. <laughs> so what I end up doing is saying, we're involved in relationships all over the world. Yeah. Because what it does, it puts the focus back on, we are very distinct and different people groups. So when I walk out into a field full of um, Africans, I don't look like them, I stand out. But somehow... I hold in common with those believers who are there. I have, have more in common with them than I do my next door neighbor that doesn't know Jesus. Even though we're both Americans, I know below the waterline, there's something that beats. There's a hunger, there's a thirst to know God more. And there's also a sense of what this world has to offer will never fully satisfy. That's the lie. That's the scheme of, of Satan is always, let me tempt you enough to say this will satisfy but i think any of us we're all old enough uh, well i'm not saying we're old i'm just saying we're all old enough to go we've tried enough things to go yeah that's not going to cut it c.s lewis put it best he says if you find in yourself a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy 
the best explanation for that desire is that it was created for another, another world. And that's the part that Larry was so hungry for is what's yet to come, the hope that's to come, rather than the commitments to, and this is where churches, I think, get off base, trying to make a better life for us now. Um, and being part of church doesn't make life better. It doesn't make no. circumstances better. Yet that's what some churches will preach. Mm -hmm. They'll say, if you come to Jesus, it gets better now. And I know there's a few verses that indicate that there's something that changes, but the real change is at a heart level that something has changed in me that's all ready to go into heaven. He's given me a new heart mm -hmm. with a new passion. And my deepest desire no longer is sin. My deepest desire is to do the will of God. Yeah. That desire oftentimes gets covered up, though, by all these programs and projects and things. Next year will mark 40 years of me having the title of pastor in some capacity. And what I've realized is I don't want to go to church anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of going and doing the country club church or the rec center church or whatever form or fashion, the hipster church. What I do want to be a part of is a community that is intimately involved in each other to where instead of saying, um, oh, I've got a toothache. I don't want to go to the dentist. Yeah. Um, well, wouldn't the dentist be good? Yeah, but I know it's, it'll be uncomfortable and stuff. I just don't want to go. Yeah. But that's what we do at church so much. Yeah. If I go to church, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's actually going to be a place of healing. If it were a place where I could bring my mess, yes. bring my pains, bring those, that's what Larry was going after is there is a longing that all of us, all the whole of creation along with us is in the trail travails of birth pains. And that's what's going on. That's that Romans 8 piece. And we, along with all of creation, are in the travails of the birth pains of the children of God. We're all being born and there's a birthday coming up. Yeah. Um, that's what the day of the Lord is, is when the nursery gets full because everybody has been born again uh, into their final home, their final hope. But we think that it's all about this life. And Larry was always saying, no, it's not the, it's not the birth to the grave. There's a larger story going yeah. on. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things where, you know, when I think of the, I've been mulling over what real church, real church, real church. If, if the building is not the church yeah. and programs and things and ministries are not the church, who is the church? Yeah. We are the church. Yeah. And what better place to start being real is, is can I get back to real inside of here mm -hmm. being real here? Because that's where, you know, Jesus didn't uh, go to a building every day. He no. walked, he, he, he traveled and, and had wherever he was, was church. Yeah. You know, it's that, that whole thing. So that's, that's kind of where, as I'm reading Larry's ideas here is what, you know, what is it? It's, I think for me, it's, it's starting to become, can I be real? And being real bees, like mm. you just said, coming in and, and not necessarily having to say, well, here's all my mess. Yeah. Right. Boom. Yeah. Lay it no, all down. No. But know that in the smaller groups yeah. and the relationships that you yes, form, the built, small groups, that's, yeah. that's where you go deeper. You become more vulnerable, yeah. not with the whole church, yeah. but in a, in a smaller group. And a select group of people that you're, that you're really yes. connecting yeah. with. It's funny, Dunk. You said to me one time, and it goes along with what James just said, uh, that there's so many people that are that are in Christian ministry or whatever it may be, and they said, we're, we're, too, we're too edgy. 
we're too we're too too much for the church or something, and so we're gonna gonna do our things outside of the church. And Dad's attitude was, Mm-mm. well, then I'm not gonna be a part of that. Yeah. Because everything that we're gonna do, we're gonna do centrally yeah. in the church, which is what the building you go to. No. No. We are the church. Yeah. That's where the, that's where the deepest works happen. Dad's biggest question was always, where does real change occur? That's right. And real change occurs. He would say in the, in the simple answer, which of course, when you unpack it, is very unsimple. Yeah. But when you see <laughs> Jesus's face, yeah. that's when change really occurs. Yeah. And I've seen that in you. <laughs> I've seen that since you and I've met. I've, I've seen that in you all along as well. But but I've seen it in you so much, and I've just been so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And even in the, the the podcast we did that we haven't shown yet, that the the people who are watching will get a chance to know your story a little <laughs> bit after this. But um, but how the how the Lord just grabbed hold of your life yeah. and and said, you know, I, I'm I'm going to start to use you, James. And you said. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what's most impressive because if you're not doing it through the church, and this would be my dad's position, I believe, and, and I think Dunk would agree with me on it, then it's it's not something that has that value. Someone told me one time that if you're not doing something that affects the souls of people mm-hmm. or the word of God, yeah. you're not doing anything that has eternal value. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so that's what we yeah. want to do, especially here at Larger yeah. Story. And as yeah. as we as we get together in church, what does it mean to connect with people in a way that is only possible? Because you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because I have the Holy yeah. Spirit. That's right. And how can we how can we tap into that generation that doesn't know about this? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. And my kids are already grown and out of the house. Yeah. And I ponder sometimes why some of my kids aren't really into going to church. Mm-hmm. And then I look back when I was their age, I wasn't yeah. into going to church either. Yeah. I was I had my back turned. And but there was a time that I yes. just he was always there. He never left me. He never forsake me, never judged me for that. But there was a time when it all came back and it, and yeah. it, he called me back. That's that's where I think that the to be real the real church, what is church? Yeah. It exists. You got to find that group of of people who are broken, yeah. realize they're a mess, humbled, and 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 have this desire to become closer to God. That all yeah. other things should just fall away because yeah. we're trusting in completely in Him, in God. Yeah. I, I just love that, bro. And I mean, what what I've seen in how the church has influenced you, um, and we're the church. Yeah, I like to think that I've been a part of that sometime, and you yep. influenced me. And you know, I mean, and, and I just, I just, it's just been so neat to see how the church. Is 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 designed the way that God designed it. Mm-hmm. You're you're an example of that, mm. and that um, that's just uh, refreshing and encouraging. Because yeah. um, you talk about how do we take this to the to the people that you know your kids, my kids, you know, even yeah. your, your, your we're, yeah. all our, all all of us have kids that are all kind of the same that's age, same and, generation, and they're you know they're your, your your kids. Some of your kids are married. One of my kids are married. You know, and everybody's out of the house and all that stuff. But how do we impact that generation of kids to say this is important? Yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it's critical. Yeah. It's it's kind of pivotal in respect to how change really does happen. Yeah, and here's the hard part. We're all dads who want to save our kids, mm. and we can't save anyone. Mm. Right. Um, we have to sit and go, okay, Jesus, he's yours, and until he's desperate enough to say, I need you, he's going to say, I don't need him. Mm-hmm. He, my folks may have been weak. They may have uh, not been as strong as I am. And that's every prodigal. So the hard part is saying, okay, I got to rip up my job description as a father and say, I'm, I'll wait. But I'll wait with God on the front porch for prodigals to come home. And here's what I trust now. I trust in the fact that they're going to go out and try to make things make sense. They're going to try to find fulfillment in all the same ways that the three of us did. Hmm. 
And they're going to come not. up. Yeah, well, <laughs> we hope that they'll learn some from our lessons. But the reality is they got to go and make their own mistakes and go, where else could I turn for life? That's where the hard part right now is to uh, bite my lip, <laughs> bite my tongue, yeah. and, and sit and go, Father, you are the father of them. I'll speak when they ask, mm. but let me at those moments speak only what you say yes. and not my little side pieces that I want to add to the story. Good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's um just amazing here with my middle child. She's she's connected in, but as of late she's been out there, you know, adulting by herself. So when you're out there doing that and you don't have a a, a love interest and you build these walls around yourself to protect because you're out there by yourself, you're out there grinding. And I've realized that, hey, that, you know, if I'm talking about relationships, I need to offer them up to Lord, please, I lift them up to you. Yeah. But let them know, you know, that, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm I'm the one that's not going to leave you and forsake you that's either. Right. And I think I think we if yeah. we, we're talking to people that we don't even know and we start fostering those relationships, it's mm -hmm. the same way as that. Hey, I want you to know that yeah. like God never forsake me. I'm going to try my best not yeah. to leave you or forsake you yeah. to lead them along in discipleship. And, you know, honestly, I'm moving into eldership in the church because I've been there a long time. Yeah. Um, and so it's a natural, I think it's just a natural thing where I told, I told the staff when they brought this to me about the elder thing, I'm like, well, regardless of, you know, all this other stuff, I'm still just a leader in the church based on the fact that I've been here a long time. And, yeah. and that's part of the reason people look at you that way. The big yeah. change was before I, there was a lot of box checking for me. I was doing the whole, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm my wife wants to go to church. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the worship team. So check yeah. worship, check worship, check. And I was doing that. And we, we had a special, uh, a series that, that happened that, that brought to light that, uh, I was, I was that lukewarm mm -hmm. to use a bit of Christianese, you know, mm -hmm. I was that lukewarm person that then God says, I'd rather you be hot or cold. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was lukewarm. Yeah. And I remember what he says, he's going to spew, yeah. you know, so that, that changed me to, to, yeah. it changed my course. And, yeah. and it's one degree of separation from where I was at, but in the long run, that yeah, one degree right. of separation is a big gap. It's, yeah, it, it's, that's you're right. In a whole different place with even one degree. So if we can think of that one degree mm -hmm. of separation, the people we know and the relationships we know, if we can bump them off course a little bit, because Satan does yeah. that. He yeah. tries to bump us off yeah. course every day. Yeah, you're you're in a good spot. And he'll bump you. He'll yeah. nudge you to try to get you yeah. off course. Well, and he's got a he's got a willing participant in my flesh. Yeah. Um, so yeah. and that's where that's I true. love the fact that Larry concentrated. He goes, the devil's going to be there whether we like it or not. Well, I can't do anything about his attacks, but I can do something about the battle that's going on inside of me. Yes. The flesh and spirit yeah. battle. And he would always put that as the the piece that we have the most control on. That's the, I think it's uh, either First Peter 2.11. Beloved, as aliens and strangers. So he reminds us of where we belong. As aliens and strangers, flee the fleshly lusts which wage war against your soul. And that's where I go. The real battle is the one that's going on inside of me. There's fleshly desires, prestige, pedigree, performance, all those different things that wage war against my soul. The humility to say, God, not my will, but yours, because your way is always better. Yeah. That's, that's the part that I, 
I have to be convinced of every day. It's not just when Satan is overt in that, I go, oh, yeah, resist the <laughs> devil and he'll flee. But it's it's when he kind of sits back and says, oh, he'll do enough damage on his own. Oh, yeah. 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 I think I think we've got to got off to a great start of this podcast yep. of defining where real church can yeah. happen or where real church really is, is yeah. with us right yeah. here at the spot. And when two or three or more are gathered, it's it's a great stepping or jump off point to the That's next right. series of podcasts. Yeah. It'll be great, I think. So this has been fun. Yeah. I mean it's just it's just fun to, to talk with you guys and to, to see what the Lord's doing. So before we wrap it up here, I do want to say if you have not gotten a copy of your book, go to largerstory.com and order a copy. We will send it to you right away. It's a great read and it's a, an important book. Um, so as we wrap, is there anything else you guys want to say? Man, I just dig dig the chance to be uh, doing a podcast with you guys. It's been a while, and I'm I'm glad that we're we're that I'm where I'm at now, and that yeah. we're all together. Because I remember when we first met up, we were we were buds, but we were far apart. We were all in our own little separate things, and now we're we're much closer mm-hmm. in proximity yeah. because where we're we are. really locked in on yeah. our on our faith walk, and that's that's exciting part for yeah. me. Well, it's I, long overdue. I think you just touched on what exactly God wants the church. Make us one. Yeah. Um, that's the way Jesus answered. That's the way he yeah. prayed for us. Like well, the Father and I are one. Yeah. He says, Father, might they, those who come after, might they display the oneness that you and I have by their oneness with each other. And all you've said is our our concentric individuality has come together. And it's not uniformity. But there's unity as we come together where we go, oh, yeah, you too. <gasps> Me too. Your father's like that. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's where I go. <laughs> that's where you sit there and go, God causes a revival relationally. Yes. Not just institutionally. Relational I, revival. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's where the yeah. relational revolution that Larry was always talking about. Always talked about that. What a great, yeah. great place to to wrap this. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, James. As we get ready to close, can I just get you to close us in a word of prayer? Absolutely. All right. Uh, Father, we just realize how holy you are. Uh, we just want to say just mm. hallowed be your name like you taught us how to pray, Lord. And, and we're just thankful that you you give us the things that we need and the moments that we need them. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for this opportunity to to study this book. We just, <clears throat> we just are, are so thankful that we got to know Larry in some Hmm. fashion and Hmm. how you used him, Lord, Hmm. to even, even affect us still. The ripple that he caused so many years ago is, is still rippling. It's still rippling out. Mm -hmm. Father, just, uh, just increase our desires, increase our, our want for you to, to keep the first things first as we've used as a cliche. Hmm. And, um, we just want to revel in your glory and your honor because it's all about you and we just love you so much and thank you for all that you are doing for us it's in your mighty name i pray amen thank you all for joining us today join us every tuesday for a new podcast with larger story on relational spirituality where you belong you're known you get a chance to become for the sake of you my king giving you my dreams Laying down my rights Giving up my pride For the promise of new life And I surrender for